Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. What a blessed morning this is. We come to celebrate the birth of Christ. And as you're going to see in our study, we know he wasn't born on December 25th. We'll cover all that stuff in the Word of God. But it's just so blessed, uh, just such a blessing to see you all, welcome you here. And uh, we're going to go through the scriptures this morning about the literal birth of Jesus Christ. It's so important as we're trying to pass on the heritage to the next generation of believers um, that we continually rehearse the facts uh, because the facts are being twisted in our society these days, in our culture, uh, especially an attack upon Christian faith. And so it's very important that we go just step by step, line by line, verse by verse, and uh, pass it on to the next generation. It's so vital. So, Father, we thank you for the morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your wisdom, Father. Seeing us, sinners, in need of a Savior. And, Father, we thank you for sending Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God, We thank you that he came and lived among us, as we're going to see this morning. From birth to death, experiencing what we're experiencing, having temptations, just as we have temptations, yet never sinning, that he might be that that sacrifice that allows us to step into heaven. Father, we pray for anyone in our midst this morning or watching over the internet that does not know Jesus as their Savior. We pray as we go over the scriptures that they'd come to that realization that you love them, that you care for them, that you desire a relationship with them. Father, we thank you for the morning in Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen. Well, we're going to start in Luke, and and Luke 1 says this. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So as we go over the scriptures, it's important that you um, learn the context of the culture as well. And you can do this on your own. It's all available to you. But betrothed was basically engagement. But the difference was is they actually signed a piece of paper. The parents came before the religious authorities and the couple actually signed. So Joseph and Mary actually signed a piece of paper to say that they were committed to being married. And then Joseph would go off, and typically in that culture, he would build an addition onto his parents' house, and typically within a year, he would come back, and then they would have the official religious wedding and consummate the marriage. So that's very vital to our story, because Jesus is is going to fulfill Old Testament scriptures. And having come in, the angel said to Mary, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw the angel, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now some people right away go, well, that's impossible because Joseph was not the biological father and Joseph had no relations with, or Mary had no relations with Joseph yet. So you have to go back to the first 10 words of the Bible, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
And if you literally believe that, which we do as Christians, then everything else in the Bible is not an issue for God. But it has to go back to those, do you really believe the first 10 words of the Bible? Even, to this, even now with our, our modern technology, most scientists, if not all scientists that are true, sincere scientists acknowledge that evolution is a farce. We are so finely tuned that it's an absolute farce. There has to be some, and they won't say God, many of them will not say God. There are many who do, but there are many who will not say God. But there has to be some intelligent force out there because everything is so finely tuned. Well, we know it to be God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So again, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, or Israel. And his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, now again, you want to remember as we're reading the story, Mary was probably 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. Joseph was probably in the same age group. Could you imagine this happening to teenagers today? But they were awaiting the Messiah. And the average lifespan in that day and age, guys, was 35 years old. In 1900 in America, the average lifespan was 35 years old. There's countries today in 22, average lifespan, 35 years old. So they didn't have time to mess around. They had to get busy and raise a family because they had no idea how long they were going to live, but they knew it was going to be short. And so Joseph and Mary... That was the deal. So, so Mary asked this uh, specific question. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? I haven't had physical relations with anyone. How could I become pregnant? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit. Now that's the third person of the Trinity or what we call the triunity of the Godhead in Christianity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are three entities, yet they are one. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One is to be born will be called the Son of God. And again, that's very, very important. You see, when you came in here today, I know this to be true. I've been doing this for quite a while. I know this to be true. You already have an opinion about Jesus. You already have one. You you might have come here out of family obligation. We're glad you're here. Praise God. Most important thing you need to know, God loves you. You might be an atheist. That's okay. That doesn't affect God at all. God still loves you. We have now reached 8 billion people. Religion will tell us that God only loves certain people that belong to a certain religion. And that's why you want to read your Bible. For John 3.16 says, For God so loves the world. God loves all 8 billion people right now this morning. So you want to realize that. God is not prejudiced. God does not look on the outside. God looks at the heart and he knows that we're sinners in need of a Savior. So he loves all of us in this room. So Jesus is literally the Son of God. Not just a great prophet, like Islam says. Islam, God has no children in Islam. And we don't bash religion around here, we just speak the truth. Because if you don't know the truth, then how do you know what's true? They don't believe that he's God. He's a great prophet. 
Mormons, he's a spirit brother of Lucifer, which makes him an angel. Michael, uh, Jehovah Witnesses, he's an angel reincarnated. Hindus, he's just a really, really good teacher. So guys, billions of people, including you, already have an opinion about Jesus. You want to base that opinion not on past religious experiences, but on the Word of God. On the Word of God. Because we're not here to punch the clock. As Christians, we're not here to do our religious duty or obligation. We're here because we love Christ. Last night, there was like probably 430 people in here last night. And a majority of them I see on a regular basis. It's because we love Christ that we're here this morning. So you don't know Jesus, I'm going to pray at the end of the service where you can pray a simple prayer. And don't get hung up on the prayer. But you can pray the prayer if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Savior at the end of the service. And someone did last night. You see, God has a plan. Now indeed, Elizabeth, we go on to see, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of for her who was called barren. Uh, she was past the childbearing age for with God the angel goes on to say for with God nothing will be impossible then Mary said this young teenager said behold the maidservant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her so now you have this couple that's engaged and all of a sudden Mary goes to Joseph And says, Joseph, I'm pregnant. Really? I'm pregnant. How? Well, you wouldn't ask how that happened, because you know how it happened. But uh, why would you do that? We were engaged. We are married. As you read the scriptures, you're going to see they were married. So a piece of paper is very important. Going before people, going before pastors, and being married is very, very vital. It's right in this direction, and it's right in the vertical and the horizontal. Because in Ephesians 5.25, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her. So every husband in this room or future husband in this room, you want to ask yourself one simple question. Is this the way that Christ treats the church? It'll, make your, it'll transform your marriage. Is this the way that Christ treats the church? And, and you are the church if you're a believer. So is this the way Christ treats me? Hmm, no. And for you wives, one simple question. Is this the way that the church honors and respects Christ? Is that my role? Hmm, how you doing with that? So Joseph here has a, he has a very awkward situation. Mary, come on, you got pregnant by the Holy Spirit? <laughs> That's, you're right, Mary. Well, Matthew chapter 1, and now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, before they had any intimate relationship, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, right with God, that's what that means, just being right with God, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. He was going to give her a bill of divorcement because according to the law, she got pregnant. That's adultery. They were married on paper. She had committed adultery. So she should be, according to the law, stoned to death. 
But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, you son of David, fear not to take unto you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. In other words, a miracle. A miracle. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And I know this is not popular today to talk about sin. I don't understand where else you're going to talk about it if you don't talk about it in church. But even in churches, it's not popular to talk about sin. It's not popular to talk about repentance because you might make people feel guilty. You might make people feel convicted. You might make people feel shamed. Well, we're not here to do any of that, but we have to speak the truth in love because I personally, and I know every believer in this room, we don't want to love anybody to hell by not speaking the truth. If it offends you, know that God loves you enough to offend you. And that he's speaking to you once again today. Make sure that you have a personal relationships. relationship. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. How could that be? It's called a miracle. So this is Old Testament. Hundreds of years prior to this happening, there was an Old Testament scripture that prophesied of the coming king. And I'd encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, we'll give you a Bible. No expectations. I may never ever see you again. But I encourage you to start reading from Genesis to Revelation. And as you start reading the Old Testament and as you start doing your research, you're going to find out that Jesus fulfilled over 300, over 300 prophecies from the Old Testament. That is mathematically impossible for one person to do that. Matter of fact, a mathematician did it one time with seven prophecies. You could fill the state of Texas with silver dollars, two feet deep, blindfold someone, mark one silver dollar, and drop it in Texas, and give that individual one chance, blindfolded, to find that silver dollar. That's the matter on seven prophecies, let alone over 300. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So important, guys, because people will knock on your door and they'll say, well, the Bible never said Jesus was God. And, and oh, by the way, Jesus never said he was God. That is not true. That is not true. We're reading it right now. He's the son of God, which would make him God. And we'll see other scriptures that will show you clearly that Jesus said he is God. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, had no physical relations with her, intimate relations with her, until she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Well, several months have gone by. Matter of fact, about eight months have gone by, eight to nine months. And Joseph and Mary are settled in Nazareth, and things seem to be going very well until... Luke tells us, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. Now we're going to be reading the scriptures and singing songs. We encourage you to sing songs. And after the singing song, you might thought, well, that was kind of weird. Why did they clap afterwards? Um, We're not clapping for the team, although they do a great job and we appreciate them. We're clapping for God because God has fulfilled scriptures. And we, as sinners, have the opportunity to be saved. 
that's worthy of applause. Cardinals, I don't know. God, that's worthy of applause. You know, it's up for debate, the Cardinals, right? What are you snickering about? <laughs> so, Bethlehem, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, get this picture, guys. Men cannot have babies. Mary is pregnant. She's very pregnant. It's 80 to 90 miles. No airplanes. No buses. No air conditioning. How did they get there? They walked or they rode a donkey. Now, how many of you ladies, because men cannot have babies, so forget it, guys, but for you ladies, how many of you would like to go on an 80 to 90, 90 mile an hour, an 80 to 90 mile trip when you're nine months pregnant? Any hands? Any takers? And who did God use to fulfill Scripture to get them to Bethlehem? God used the government to get them to Bethlehem. Otherwise, Jesus would have been born in Nazareth. So don't be so dismayed when we see things happening today that we see happening. God's got a plan. The chess pieces are being moved right into place. Well, join us as we sing, O Little Town of Bethlehem.
And, and you can remain seated. If you'd like to stand up for the songs, you can, but there's no need to. Enjoy, relax. So we'll do verse 4 again. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And so, uh, if you look at Mark chapter 6, verse 3, you don't have to now, but I'm just saying, uh, it lists actually Jesus' other brothers, and it says sisters, which is plural, so he had at least two sisters. So it was a large family that Jesus was the uh, oldest son of. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So again, we want to think about that. Because a lot of times people will say, well, God just doesn't understand. You know, God just doesn't understand. So as we're reading the story, I hope you're seeing just a little bit of the picture here of that no one has an excuse. A couple teenagers are obeying the civil government, riding 80 to 90 miles. Mary gives birth because there's no room at any of the motels, hotels, whatever you want to call them, inns. But rather, in, in Bethlehem, in the surrounding area, limestone caves are there, and they would use those. So it's kind of going to ruin your, your nativity set, most likely. But it's hard to put water in a wood manger. It's hard to put grain in a wood manger. So what they did is they actually took limestone and hewed out a little area for the grain and for the water. So get that mental picture where did they put Jesus? On a slab, a stone slab, when he was born. And obviously they made it comfortable for him, but just the, the picture. And where did Jesus go when he was buried? They took his body to the tomb and laid him on a slab. Beginning and end. And no one would ever say, well, you don't understand. You see, most of you women in here who have had children, you probably had them in a very sterile environment. Very sterile, very clean, comfortable, nice clean blankets and all that good stuff. What did Joseph have? A barn. And what's in a barn? Animals. Animals. Now, I was raised on a farm, and we had a working farm next door. And so, you know, in a barn, when you walk into a barn, now, now if you're a farmer, it's, it smells like money. When you walk in, you go, ah, money. Because you smell the hay, and you smell the manure. And you know there's money. What'd they smell? Manure. Was it quiet? Was it peaceful? All the noise, the chickens, the goats, the sheep, whatever else might have been in there. It was a very busy time to be having a baby. 
And did they have any comforts? None whatsoever. So no one on this earth will ever be able to say, well, God, you don't understand. No, God perfectly understands. And so as we go on to sing, what child is this? It's very important for us in our ministry as we minister to other people. And they might say something that that to lovingly bring them to an awareness of why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus wanted to reach 8 billion people, guys. Not a religious group. 8 billion people. Debug the program. Get religion out of your head. And allow the Holy Spirit to insert relationship in its place. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with them sweet while shepherds watch our keeping? What child is this who lay to rest on goes on to say and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night so this then would tell us that jesus wasn't born on december 25th uh, shepherds sheep would not be on the hillside there would be no grass for them to eat he was most likely born september october time frame february march time frame so don't get hung up on december 25th 
but we do acknowledge that God in his wisdom did bring forth a son via Mary. Very, very important. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. All people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And that's an important point even there. You know, Jesus Christ. Um, It's not his last name, although many people would think that, but it's actually a title. You see, the New Testament was written in Greek, so Christ means the anointed one. Old Testament written in Hebrew, Messiah, you've probably heard that name often, Messiah, that means the anointed one, the Son of God. Greek, Christ, the anointed one, the Son of God. So the angels are saying, he is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men, mankind there, men and women, on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. Again, just a little history here. Uh, Shepherds were basically the lowest Uh, on the the wrong. They were not trusted. They were looked at, not all of them, but they had that general, it's kind of like the IRS. They were kind of seen as thieves, you know? Just kind of generally. Not everybody that works for the IRS are thieves, but you know, you get the point. They were also known to be liars, so they could not even testify in a court of law. Now, isn't that amazing that angels would show up to this group of people Why didn't they go to the religious elite of the day, the political elite of the day? Again, so that no one, no one would ever be able to say, well, God, you don't understand. I was born. No, it doesn't matter. God sent his son to die for you. And we have no excuse. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You see, you're hearing the Christmas story. And again, maybe this is your first time at a a Christian church. Maybe it's your 100th time as a Christian church of hearing this story. Maybe you've heard it 10, 20, 30, 40 times. And you've got it down. But that's not the point. The point is, how is the story changing your heart to this very day? How is the life of Jesus Christ impacting your life to this very day? How are you as a believer allowing the Holy Spirit? We're seeing obedience in the lives of these teenagers. How are you allowing the Holy Spirit to transform your life, whether you're a teenager or you're in your 90s? How are you allowing the Holy Spirit to transform your life this day hearing the story once again. If the story just becomes a story and a tradition and and it really doesn't mean a whole lot, that's danger. 
we're in a dangerous place as believers. Don't ever get to that place, guys. It's too precious. Well, we're going to sing O Holy Night at this time. O Holy Night.
You know, in Matthew, we read this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, as you read your Bible, you want to slow down and pick up on some things like worship him. In the Bible, you will never see an angel worshipped. You will never see a man or a woman worshipped. You'll see idols worshipped. They're called false idols to take our eyes off of God. But whenever you see something like that happening, the prophet or the priest or the king would say, or the angel in the scriptures, stop doing that. We don't do that. I'm just like you. Don't do that. We only, we only worship God. But when the disciples, after his resurrection, Thomas kneeled down and worshiped Jesus, Jesus didn't rebuke him. Jesus didn't deny him that privilege to worship because he is God, the Son of God. And so these men are looking at the scriptures. Now, we don't know. We know that it's plural. So there's at least two. Might be three, might be four, might be five. We don't know the exact number. And it's been roughly now uh, about a year and a half later. So as we do that, you know, don't, don't get hung up on the three guys up here, the three wise men. We don't know if there are three. They came with a set from Costco. So, you know, we... And it's kind of hard to work them in always 18, two months, you know, 18 months later. So they're part of the set. Just, so just know the bigger picture here. It's roughly about 18 years. And when, the, when Herod had called him, they, he was, uh, he was, and when Herod, King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. You see, he was king and there was not going to be any other king. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has, has written, but you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd, who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Hundreds of years prior, here's another prophecy again. He's going to be come out of Bethlehem. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Again, a miracle. A miracle. Remember the first ten words of the Bible. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, see now Mary and Joseph have set up their house in Bethlehem. And they bowed down and worshipped him, Jesus. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh which is very symbolic and takes hours to explain. So do your own study. But these are not small, little, inexpensive gifts. And there's a reason behind that. But the bottom line is, how did these men come to know? They searched the scriptures. 
And I encourage you to search the scriptures. Many of you might not be aware of it, but the Bible used to be one of the main reading books of reading in all schools in America. The little schoolhouses where all grades went together. The Bible, the Bible was one of the main sources of reading. We've lost that. And we wonder why our nation is doing what we're doing today. Because we've lost that. Take that personal. Make it your own personal endeavor to not go the way that this culture is going, the way the world is going, but rather to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. We'll be a lot better off. Well, we're going to sing We Three Kings. Again, don't get hung up on the three. Just know that there were people seeking the word of God to came and worship the king.
Let's sing this all together, Star of Wonder. Star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect Amen. See, guys, this is the story that gives us the real reason for this wonderful season of Christmas. You know, it's a story that starts the tremendous journey of Jesus of Nazareth, one who is known as the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. You know, it's obviously the greatest birth announcement that we've ever heard. Why? Because in the law, sinners needed to offer various blood sacrifices via animals. These sacrifices covered their sins, and our Lord's birth and sinless life would eventually lead to the final acceptable blood sacrifice for sin. You see, the death and resurrection of our Lord offers all of humanity the opportunity to become one with the Heavenly Father. See, the Holy Spirit is wooing all of mankind, male and female, to the cross to his death, to his resurrection. Matthew 1.23 says again, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted as God with us. Think about that. These teenagers, Joseph and Mary. Do you think that Joseph and Mary knew that they were holding God I love playing with kids. I love tossing kids. Claudia's always saying, stop that. You're going to drop them. Can you imagine Mary saying to Joseph, not Joseph, whatever you do, don't drop God. (laughs) They didn't know. Did the disciples know that Jesus was God? Eh, In a way they did, but mostly they didn't. They wanted to overthrow the government. Let's take Rome out. And we'll rule and reign with you. They didn't get the big picture. You're a Jew. We're Jews. You came for the Jewish people. No, for God so loved the world, as I mentioned earlier. Jew and Gentile. They didn't didn't get it. Did those in his hometown grasp that fact? Are you kidding me? We know who Jesus is. He was raised with us. We know who he is. What do you mean? He's Joseph and Mary's son. Come on. Prophet? King? No. No. Did the religious elite of that day know that? No, matter of fact, they wanted him crucified because he was causing problems for them. He was causing the money flow to go down. People are just looking to God now instead of the religious elite for their salvation. Did those who were reigning in political power recognize that? No. So should we be surprised today that those who are in political power don't recognize that Jesus is God? No, we shouldn't be surprised. Did the religious authorities of that day search the scriptures to see or to know if Jesus was the Christ? And again, unfortunately, the answer is no. And so for you and I, we have this tremendous opportunity to search the scriptures to see if what I'm sharing with you is true or not. You see, in Saudi Arabia today, you cannot have a Bible. The Bible is illegal. If you are caught in Saudi Arabia with a Bible... 
it will be jail, if not the death penalty. If you're caught converting a Muslim to Christianity in most, if not all, Muslim countries, that will cause you jail time or the death penalty. But we have Bibles in our homes, probably two, three, four, five of them. And how often do we crack them? See, eternity's at stake, guys, because we're all going to step into eternity. Everyone in this room, 10 out of 10 people still die today. We're all going to step into eternity. You are going to have eternal life. Are you going to heaven or are you going to go to hell? God sends no one to hell. The Bible makes it perfectly clear. God was created, hell was created for the fallen angels, not for mankind. We have free will, we have a choice. We can either accept Jesus, acknowledge we're a sinner in need of a Savior, or we can say, I don't need none of that nonsense. I'll take my risk. Jesus talked a lot about hell. Don't take a gamble. It is real. Not a scare tactic. It's just reality. It is real. So make sure that you do your own evaluation. Not again, not on past religious experiences, but on the word of God. You see, because of his humble birth, he was just another baby brought to the temple for dedication. He was just another teenager that went to Jerusalem three times, at least three times a year to celebrate the feast. In the eyes of those around him, he was just another man in the vast sea of humanity. And as we're celebrating this and as we have celebrated and others are going to be celebrating it, billions of people will celebrate this wonderful holiday called Christmas in one way or another. For most in America here, it's just another day off. Great, we don't have to go to work tomorrow. I like this holiday. Get to share gifts, get to have a lot of food, spend time with family, get that momentary happiness. Do you know how packed the stores are going to be tomorrow morning? Are they going to be packed because people are out buying things? (laughs) No, they're going to be packed because why did so-and-so give me this? Do you have the receipt by chance? Where did you get it from? I'm taking it back. Momentary happiness, forgetting that we could have eternal peace with God. You see, for the Bible-believing Christian, it is a day that signifies the birth of a man who would one day rise from the dead. He was seen by a woman first. The disciples were not going to the tomb, even though Jesus had told them he would be crucified and on the third day rise again. No disciples. But the women were going. He first appeared to Mary, who went and told the Lord's disciples that he had actually risen from the dead. You see, he was no longer just another man. He was who he said he was. God, who had come in human flesh. Years later, the Apostle John, who wrote uh, the Gospel of John and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and Revelation in the 90s, the original 90s, he wrote this in John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word was made flesh. And as you look up that word, Word, capital W, it goes back to Jesus. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see... We gather together this day not to celebrate a baby lying in a manger, but the risen Lord seated at the right hand of God the Father. Hebrews 12.2 tells us this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. No religion is the author of your faith or the finisher of your faith. Read your Bible. Jesus is the author. He went to the cross. He died. He rose again. When he ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit, who now actually dwells within every Bible-believing Christian, and the Holy Spirit 
will finish the work that he has begun. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, we gather together this day not just to acknowledge the birth of Jesus, but to acknowledge that without the Lord's birth, death, and resurrection, we are a people most miserable and hopelessly lost. Again, we read in 1 John 5, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. Now, as you read it in context, and you read the rest of the scriptures, this is talking about life with God. Because as I've already mentioned, we're all going to enter into eternal life. Everyone is going to enter into eternal life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life or eternal life in heaven. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. You see, we gather together this day not to celebrate just the birth of another man, but to celebrate the prophet, capital P, the prophet who actually Moses spoke of, who came to fulfill all the scriptures about the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. In Philippians 2, we read this. Wherefore, God has also highly exalted Jesus and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord means master. But before he can actually be proclaimed Lord, he has to become your Savior. If he's not your Savior, you're not going to allow him to become your Master. And go to him and ask him, what would you need for me to do today? What would you like me to do? How can I serve you better today? I want to obey what you'd have me to do. Even as Jesus did in the garden. Three times when he prayed, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass by me, but not my will, your will be done. Jesus submitted to the perfect will of the Father, giving us that example that we need to submit our will. And to wrap it up, we have this in John fourteen six, the night before he was crucified. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And you see, people will say, well, you know, you Christians are so narrow. What about everybody else? Well, I don't need to know about everybody else. Don't blame me. Jesus said it. Jesus is very narrow. He didn't say through your good works. He didn't say through somebody else's name. He just said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And praise God, it's a free gift. It's a free gift. So you came here today to hear the story. That is the story. I wanted to make sure that we made it perfectly clear. God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. Jesus died and rose again. He desires to have a relationship with you. If you do not accept that, that's between you and God, nobody else. God sends no one to hell. As a teenager, you have to make a choice. As an adult, you have to make a choice. As I mentioned earlier, you probably have already. already, I know you already have an opinion about Jesus. Is it a biblical opinion? Not is it my opinion. 
Is it a biblical opinion? That's what matters. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. We thank you for this time as we've studied. We know it's not his birthday, but he was born. He lived. He was tempted just like we are. He felt pain. He had to learn Hebrew. He had to learn Aramaic. He learned Greek. Father, we thank you and praise you that he was obedient to his parents, that he was obedient to you, that he walked that sinless life, but he felt pain. He felt sorrow. He felt grief. It's there in the scriptures. So, Father, we thank you that Jesus willingly stepped out of eternity past for 33 roughly years before stepping back into eternity future that we might know you're real and you really do love us. You know, as the saints are praying, and what I mean by that is as the Bible-believing Christians are praying, maybe you're here this morning and maybe this finally makes sense. That's the Holy Spirit. That's not me. The Holy Spirit in the Bible is called para. The Holy Spirit is in this room right now inviting you to receive Jesus as your Savior. Again, I may never ever see you again, but I'd love to see you in heaven. So if you would like to receive Jesus as your Savior, that's the Holy Spirit telling you this is true. Accept Jesus. You're a sinner. Accept Jesus as your Savior. If that is you, I'm going to pray a simple prayer again. Don't get hung up on the prayer because God's concerned about your heart. You just repeat this prayer to yourself in the presence of God, acknowledging what I'm going to pray. Just pray this prayer after me. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this time. And God, I have to acknowledge I am a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. Which means I need a Savior. And I hear, I've heard this morning that Jesus is that Savior. So God, I repent. I turn to you. I acknowledge my sin. I ask for forgiveness. And I invite Jesus into my life. I invite your Holy Spirit into my life. I'm not sure what that means. But I trust you're going to show me through your word, through prayer, via the Holy Spirit, through the church, through other Bible-believing Christians, you're going to show me what that means. And I say thank you, God, for accepting me just the way I am. And that I am now your son. I am now your daughter. And I can call you father. Abba. Daddy. Thank you, Father, for accepting me. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time uh, as we spend the day with family, friends, as we go about our week this week. 
Uh, Use us for your glory. Help us to point people to Jesus. It is such a wonderful day. We are so blessed here in, in so many ways. Help us never to take it for granted, but to give you all the praise, all the glory. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Thanks for coming out. Amen. Merry Christmas. Why don't we all stand and sing a closing song? And if you would like prayer for anything, I'll be up here. Other elders will be up here. If you need prayer for healing, we'd love to pray for you. We don't have the gift of healing, but God is in the business of healing. And if he so chooses to heal you, Praise God. If not, he has a plan for you, but we'd love to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, if you'd like to come up and say, I prayed that prayer and I received Jesus, we just want to rejoice with you guys. Praise God. You're now my brother and sister in Christ, and we're going to spend eternity together. Have a blessed day, guys. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church, how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.